in this segment, we're going to discuss, do women believe they can change men in relationships? What's up, Brave Arts community? This is Sean Heineman here with another segment of A Scary to Remarry, wanting you to love fearlessly, and you are in for a treat today. <laughs> this topic is amazing, let alone who I'm bringing on to the show as well, because, you know, I only bring the best. So let's talk about our guest. She is a mom of four. She resides in Atlanta, and she is the host of Moms and Martinis, created by moms for moms or anyone who has had a mom where tough conversations and vulnerability are prioritized. She is a lover of nature. Uh, she's a, a lover of brown liquor and a cigar connoisseur. And in August, she was featured in Shout Out Atlanta. Bravehearts community, let's show some love to Kira Isom. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, fabulous, and 40. So, I mean, what better combination do you have? Listen, 40s is, <laughs> 40s is where it's at. Tell these tell these young books. Yes, this is where you begin to live and thrive and just be your best self. So, enjoying it. So, amazing day here in the A. Mm, yes, for sure. Represent the A. Let's jump into this topic because I was listening to your podcast and of course you have so many phenomenal topics and I heard you kind of talk something about uh, this process about changing men or I can't remember which episode it was but I think it was one of your latest ones where you talked about uh, the baggage mm -hmm. um, with I forgot her name I can't remember her name but it was a great episode so I said we, we need to we need to tackle this but first of all let's talk about you said your dad is a pastor and how was life like growing up as a preacher's kid and how did that affect you today? Yes, absolutely. So the episode you were referring to is The Invisible Suitcase with Tiana Rashad. Yes. She's um, host of Coat for the Culture podcast, but she's also a child trauma psychologist. So just tying everything together, which loops well into your question. So yes, my father is a Methodist reverend. Um, my parents, I grew up um, primarily with my mom here in Atlanta when my mom heavily in church, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, missionary evangelist, like uh, not just church on the outside, but church on the inside. So heavily, overly religious household. Um, after my mom passed, I moved with my father who was, again, the Methodist reverend. So I have a very finicky relationship with church just because I understand not only the optics, I understand the biblical principles of it, but I also understand the business and the politics of church. Um, so it's been interesting to see my dad as he matures and get older, you know, now he's reaching into his seventies and he's like cursing and doing these things. I'm just like, <laughs> Like, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who are you? I don't know you guys. Um, but it was interesting. Um, I think growing up um, as a preacher's kid, it taught me how to put on appearances. It taught me how to conform um, and how to show up. And that kind of translated through a lot of things. It translated professionally for me. It began to translate in my relationships. Um, and also it impacted the way that I communicated because for so long, I just never shared what I was going through because there was a certain look, um, a certain way of being that we had to conform to just by the pressure of being in that role as the preacher's child. 
That is good. You said the way to show up, the way you can easily kind of like mask. Uh, yes, that is so good because Lord knows I've struggled with that for years because I was a you know good old church boy. I was doing churches and, and, you know, I'm not trying to give myself kudos or anything, but I've been a part of two mega churches help building that. And I know what it takes. If I want to start a church, I know what it takes, mm-hmm. you know, so I get it, but I've struggled with that for years. Even like my first marriage, I went mm-hmm. through that whole thing and just kind of, you know, you fighting in the car and then you show up at the church and praise the Lord. That's it. That's it. That's what my mom used to always say. You know, you put on your lipstick, uh, lipsticks and earrings. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it is. You get out and you smile and you don't look like what you're going through. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> lipstick, earrings, smile. Wow. And that, that was the routine. So I was kind of groomed for that. And then going into corporate America, you know, it's very, hello, how are you? Regardless of what it is you have going on. So I just learned to turn it on and off. Mm, I love that. That's that's some good stuff. Yeah, there's so many places I would like to go with that, but <laughs> for the sake of time, because that's a message within itself. But yeah. maybe we need to redo this again, do another show or something, because that's a that's 40 minutes by itself. You got me. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. Y'all heard her brave heart, so I'm going to make sure I bring Kira back on so we could discuss this thing and mask and all this other stuff. Uh, you've been through a divorce and domestic violence. You you talked about that on your podcast before. Uh, it's very real out here, and I'm sure there's somebody who's still going through those things. Uh, can you talk a little more about that and whatever you feel that you're comfortable with, and how did you recover from that? Yeah, so absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, my parents, they were divorced. My mom never remarried in hopes of my father coming back who had moved on with his life. So I never really saw any violence or any type of, I guess, um, dynamics of relationship. Then I moved with my father and my stepmom who are together today. They've been married and together over 30 years. Um, However, my stepmom is a very passive you know, agreeable type of spirit, you know, so I never really saw any conflict to this day. I've never seen them have a disagreement. I'm sure they've had discussions and dialogue. I've never seen it. So when I met my oldest daughter, father, that dynamics of being in this, what I now know to be domestic violence relationship, I don't know where I kind of picked that up. It's nothing that I ever saw. It was just um, what he was able to provide for me was avoid this covering of sort that I was accustomed to. So going back to your first question, um, just really being able to automatically submit to the idea of what authority looks like. So I just kind of fell in place um, without questioning things. Um, but he was abusive in every type of way. Um, we finally broke up. Then I got with another guy who actually put a gun to my head. Um, at this time, I was living in D.C., and that prompted me to flee and come back to Atlanta, which I shortly met my husband. We get married. Initially, the dynamics of the relationship there was really good because I went back to what I knew. So I went back to this being this very overly churchy person. So that's the girl that he married. Mm-hmm. But soon after that, once I got a little bit comfortable, 
I went back to what I knew, which changed the dynamics of our marriage because he married one person and was seeing another. So we began to argue. We were volatile, verbally abusive. I mean, at one point, he even pulled a weapon on me. And I was like, well, what is wrong with me mm. that this continues to happen? Um, and then we we divorced. And the main reason for me divorcing is because that type of, I guess, for lack of a better term, hatred that we were demonstrating began to spill over more visibly to our children. So mm. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Um, and my divorce was the first time that I had ever... Well, we initially separated for two years before the divorce was final, but that was the first time that I ever sought to understand myself. I started dating this guy who yesterday I was on a, um, a similar call and the young lady referred to it as being a palate cleanser, right? Somebody that you get in a relationship with that kind of um, acts as a filter per se, that this person isn't necessarily who you are going to be with, but they're better than anything you've ever had. Mm. So in this relationship with this palate cleanser, who to this day has still been my best relationship, but I know not one that I was going to be in forever. He really encouraged me to heal. He encouraged me to find out who I was and explore. And because I had this support from a partner, I began to question everything about myself why I responded the way I did. This was the first time I ever began to think for myself. And I was 30 years old <laughs> learning to think for myself. Um, this was the first time that someone asked me, you know, if I had an opinion on it and then really wanted to know why. And I didn't know why I had these views. So it really began to help me dive deeper into who I was and what it is that I stood for and begin to share a lot of the ideas that were fed and passed down to me. Hence the birth of me healing from the domestic violence. Um, and that's when I began, when I started to go through things with my daughter, begin to learn how not to suffer in silence. That was the first time I even went to the church, like called a meeting with everyone and say, look, this is what I'm, what's going on. And everyone was so fabricated, like, like, what is happening? Because again, that cloak that I learned to put on. So a lot of times people were just, they didn't even know how to take it, but it was okay. And I, I, that's at that moment, that's when I learned my healing is for me. It has nothing to do with how you respond to it. I'm just letting you know, this is what's happening and it's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that just started the journey and I've been on this journey ever since. Love that. My God, thank you so much for your, your testimony. Yes, I, I again, I appreciate your testimony because there are so many women and even men, some men that, that struggle with that. And I'm glad that you were able to get to a place where you could speak up for yourself because there's so many people that suffer in silence. Uh, and even just for a transparent moment from me and my, my uh, ex-wife that I didn't do anything abusive to her, but it was one of those things where she, she, I won't say she, but a situation arose where I was just felt like I was out of control and like, I like hit a wall, like, oh my God. And I'm like, okay, this is, this can't be good. You know, like I, I don't like reaching that point. So it's one of those things where if you can't get your emotions under control and stuff like that, there are people that's really triggering it's, it's just best to leave because it seems like sometimes when people can pull that trigger, they just know when to get you to that point, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
I think for me, a huge part of my healing from domestic violence was learning to put language to how I was feeling. That's something that was never taught to me. So again, I had this mom that was heavily into the church. We never had these discussions about the dynamics of relationships and healthy conflict resolution and what to, what to do. Because I grew up in the Southern household. It's do as I say, it's no talking back. So I never learned how to communicate anything. When I moved with my dad, the image I was seeing, again, my stepmom loved her to pieces, but she's very agreeable. So I never saw any type of discourse. So as I began to heal and learn how to heal, like I said, not having a handle of my emotion, I began to learn how to say what I meant. So that's when it's like, say what you mean. I mean what you say, just Mm -hmm. don't say it mean. So it took me a long time to get past just surface level emotions so that when things are happening, instead of me saying I was really hurt, it's more so I was embarrassed because when you did, you know, and and that's still taking me time now today um, that sometimes I have to sit in it. And because I was not taught that, I teach that to my children. So there's this emotional wheel. I don't know like the real technical name, but I'm sure it's a name. I see it. Yeah, and I do that with my kids, especially with my son, because he's always either mad or angry. Like he has these like three or four like go-to emotions. So when he's telling me those things, I always pull it up and say, no, okay, outside of you being mad, what else? Were you disappointed? Were you hurt? Just to really try to dig deep so that it's not to a point where you're just boiling up so much that you want to be hurt. You just don't know how. So your thing to do is like punch this wall like yeah 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 Yeah. say say what you need to say it's all good say what you got like damn it hear me see me listen to me that's what it typically is like damn like why are you not getting this so that's just an outlet because that's all that I know. And people don't understand how much that emotion like impacts your physical. That's how sometimes people get so sick. So it's just like the overwhelming feeling. It just burst out. And the best thing to do is like, I know better to hit her. So boom, hit the wall because I just need it out. I want this to be over. I want it to be resolved. And I don't understand why we are not getting there. Mm. So. I get it. I overstand, as they say. Yeah, I overstand. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Can we park right here for a second? Because the yeah. other day, and I'm all about transparency. The other day, I was telling my wife how uh, I used to struggle with uh, being a nice guy, if you will, and kind of put my feelings on reserve. And that was like, a lot of that came from me, but I got that growing up as a kid where I wasn't allowed to express myself. That whatever my mom said was final. And I couldn't say anything because if I say anything, I got a backhand to the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. My mother didn't have time. You know, she's like, I got to work and raise these kids. You know, your dad is in and out, that whole thing. And that stifled my growth. And shout out to mom. Love you. You did what you can. I ain't mad at you. You know, it's all good. But that stifled me into adulthood and not asking for what I want or describing what I was feeling in detail. Uh, so I still struggle with that a little bit to this day. And it's one of those things where I was, uh, emotionally underdeveloped mm-hmm. and I couldn't get my point across. So it was almost unfair to whoever I was with because I couldn't express myself where we could meet eye to eye. And now I do that with my wife where I don't just say I'm mad. I say, I feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. 
or I felt shamed. And see, when you start digging a little deeper, I do think you can start to connect with people opposed to just saying I was pissed off. It's like. Mm-hmm. Someone who's emotionally mature enough and who is also doing the work. Because when you have those type of conversations with individuals that are not as vested or who has never done that type of work, it's a foreign concept. So you still find yourself, my dad called it like a duck that you see on the water. They look very graceful, but underneath they're like paddling like hell, you know? So that's where you still find yourself. Like you look graceful, you look put together, but you're trying so hard to connect with someone that's not doing their own work. So when you think about relationships and dating marriage like it has to be two individuals on their own individual journey so when you are having those conversations even if she disagrees or may not understand where you're coming from she she can relate to the work you know what I mean and you allow grace for the work because I know what it feels like to be there so I'm not going to dismiss or you know undermine what it is you're trying to do even if I'm not in agreement with it like you you know it's you got to be grown, okay? We talked about this. Okay? Everybody want to be grown until it's time to do the work, right? Until it's time to communicate. Then, you know, it's different. You know, but hey, I ain't want to gossip, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this, Kira, because I had to do the work. I had to, you know, I, I, had, I have a different therapist now, but I was rocking with the same therapist I had for over two years. And it was just some stuff I had to unpack. And I was like, oh, now I realize why I was trash in my first marriage because mm-hmm. I really couldn't uh, put the words together or things of that nature. Like I would be stonewalling and just shut down. And like, that wasn't fair, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but now I'm at a place where, you know, 40 and over, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where I can convey with my wife. And I think that, I think it's important to have someone just as emotionally intelligent as well, who can receive where they not all over the place. Cause this is like, I'm trying to talk to you. This might be too much for you to handle. Some people not, they're not there emotionally, you know? So yeah. Yeah. But again, that can be another show. Yeah, it could be. But any guys, if you watching, if you are emotionally intelligent enough, slide in my DMs. Hashtag I'm rich stepdad. Okay, I'm sorry. I put it out there every show. Okay. And moms and martinis pod on IG. Slide in my DMs. You know, we can talk through some stuff. Okay. Anyway, go, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and do you have a do you have a t-shirt for that? What is the hashtag operation stepdad? Yes, now accepting applications. Yes. Yes, I do on-the-job training. I mean. We do apprenticeships, contracts. I mean, whatever you, the the job opening is available. Just meet the prerequisites, okay? I know that's right. You got <laughs> to put it out there. We got to speak it in existence, right? There you go, speaking it. <laughs> speaking of, of of so, let's talk about today's topic because I love talking about a bunch of stuff, especially the emotional intelligence. I love that. But what makes a woman think she can change a man, and can she? And where does that mindset comes from? Mm. What makes a woman think she can change a man? Stupidity. Mm. <laughs> uh, where did that mindset come from? Probably it's been passed down to us. You know, I'd rather have a piece of man than no man at all. Um, all of these false notions. I don't believe that any person can change another I think you can inspire someone. I believe you can cultivate a space um, that promotes healing. 
I believe that you can uh, make it safe for a person to want to do better and encourage them to do it, but it's on a person's own term. I don't think I can change any man. I used to, and I promise you, I was in this relationship once, and this is the lie I told myself. I said all the time, I was like, you know, this is how you build a man. This is how you do it. You know, and I, I had these fantasies in my mind that we were going to go back and tell people our testimony of how he was this way and how I remained consistent and faithful and patient with him. And I loved him to better health. It's all bullshit. Come on now. Okay? <laughs> you can't do that. I do believe, like I was mentioning, that you can be with someone and create a space where they are committed to evolving right so they're committed to whatever it is that you all have agreed on and because of that that's what that's what's going to keep them going to be better right um when you have someone that truly truly loves you and understands all these dynamics and what it is that you're trying to build that they are going to remain faithful to that in that they become better but then that goes back to them doing their individual journey it's still not on my on my skill set and something that I learned or on my timeline rather and something that I learned is that when you have someone and you're promoting them to be their best selves, sometimes they have to be their best selves and they don't include you. And that's the part that people are not ready for, Ooh. right? <laughs> so, can you keep your time on that, please? Because that's, that's, that's where, can you please talk about that a little more? Yeah, so just like my palate cleanser I told you about, the, and again, I, I had a, um, I was on a call last night, why did I get married with Steph, the life architect? And they talked about, that's my girl. Yes, Steph is amazing. Um, And Cynthia Branch was on there. She's um, a therapist, but she talked about how men marry like for the woman right now versus women will marry for what they see this person to be, right? So you're already have two different lenses and filters that you're looking at things. So (laughs) I'm with somebody. I can see, you know, Sean, you're going to be blah, like, you know, but Sean started going to therapy, doing his own work and realized that there's something greater or more, whatever. However, what I'm evolving to and looking at, they're not matching. Mm. Right. So because you married for the now and I married for what I wanted you to be or mm. not even married. I got in a relationship for what I wanted you to be. You got in a relationship with me because of what you saw it to be now. But now as things begin to grow, you begin to heal. You begin, sometimes people get together, be the trauma bond that put them yep. together. Yes. So if you're wanting me to be my best self and really go and grow and evolve, it really don't involve you because you're trying to box me in to be this certain place. Or like I tell people all the time, I'm not responsible for the version of me that you have in your head. Come on now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who she is, but that ain't me. (laughs) So when you're when you're with somebody, it's like, you know what? I love you enough. Even with my palate cleanser, Mm -hmm. he is who he is. I still talk to him today. Like that's him, one hundred percent. He was good for me then. He's not good for me now. The woman who he loved me to grow and evolve to be. So the woman that I am now, the capacity that I am, if I were to meet him where he's at today, I would never even consider him. Mm, yeah. But that's- we understand that we were good for each other in that moment, and we always say, 
I restored his hope in women and he restored my hope in love. We mm -hmm. served the purpose and that's it. It's like, okay, it's time to move on. I love that. Wow, that's good. Yeah, because when we when we do marry, you know, we talk about till death do us part and all these other things. But as soon as a person make a shift or change, uh, like what T.D. Jake said, he talked about how you, when you're riding on a motorcycle, if you got somebody on the back, they got to make that turn with you. Uh -huh. You know, or you can easily lose that person in the turn. And, and I know, I think I, I, I'm almost sure I've been through that in my first marriage, making that turn and they weren't willing to turn with me. You know, so I do think it's important to have those those personal checkups like, hey, babe, where you at right now? Because they're not the same person they were three weeks ago. Uh -uh. You know, their favorite food. They used to love uh, uh, Indian food. Now they love <laughs> Chinese food. I don't know. Right. You know I thought that was your spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people get so shocked that other that people change. I'm like. No, I had an ex to tell me that, like, you've changed. I'm like, I'm older, I'm fatter, I'm wiser. Like, what's new? You know, like, what What were you expecting? I don't know. I don't know, but mm, I'm not there. And I used to be so offended when people like, you've changed. I'm like, no, I'm not. And I think it was last year that people were like, I don't know, you've changed. And I'm like, thank you. I've been working on it. Yeah. <laughs> you i'm glad you noticed i'm trying over here so that's actually a good thing yes it is yeah you changed that's right i did change for the better yeah, thank you and hopefully you changed i hope so uh, there was a quote that john maxwell said he said every day you're either preparing or repairing mm. and, you know and he was like either you repairing the things that you messed up with five years ago or three months ago about that bad decision or are you just preparing? You're in a good place in your life and you're preparing for the future, you know? So uh, I always just use that as a gauge. Am I preparing or am I repairing? Mm, that's good. Ooh, <laughs> my wheels turning. Good look. Right <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the stuff. Has the, the collection plate. Okay, that's good. Okay. Cash app last name is Heineman. Cash <laughs> app. So if anybody want to make a generous donation? We were on a wine tour yesterday, Kira. We're kicking it now, but we was on a wine tour yesterday, and uh, I'm talking with my wife and some other friends or whatever, and uh, I was just talking real stuff, you know. And my friend, his wife, she said, "We're gonna pass the offering plate." And why was people giving me money yesterday? <laughs> Kid you not. They was I been said, thank you thank you thank you <laughs> you know and i'd have given it to the to the driver who who was uh who was driving us doing the wine tour but i was like oh they making it rain on your boy that's what's up. <laughs> that's when you know you're preaching good you're talking good that boy you're talking good now <laughs> i know right oh my god have you have you ever tried to change a man and what was that experience like I did try to change the man. So that, that ex I was telling you about it, every time I would do something, I'm like, oh, this is how you build a man. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, in full transparency, I, I guess I was on the prison ministry that year because he was straight off house arrest. Yes, girl. I had, I think back, like, girl, you must have been at an all-time low. No shade to nobody that's, you know, been in prison or anything, but yeah. it was clear. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was clear that I should not have been with this man. And I remember even setting up 
um, this couples therapy. And after, cause he stormed off and left, it was a mess. The lady looked at me and she was like, girl, he was supposed to, this is the therapist. She was like, that is not your man. He was supposed to be a little something you had on the side and kept it moving. I was like, ma'am, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> she was like, clearly, I don't know. Like, she was like, you have some work to do yourself. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, she don't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because at that point I was coming off of being two years single and I had to really go back and question. I thought I was, had healed, but the first manifestation, because I used to always say he was my ex-husband, just light skin and shorter. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, why did you choose him again? Mm -hmm. You know, so. So you have a type. I don't have a type in terms of physical. I think there is something that I'm learning um, to something that I need to work through. It's on my list to talk to my therapist about Mm -hmm. that. I tend to attract these men that are projects and somehow I feel uh, validated and assured and affirmed in me being able to show them more and I have a gift that I'm learning that if not used right it can be manipulation mm. you know so um because I have a gift of making people feel safe so they feel very vulnerable with me mm. right just strangers people I know just I am the gatekeeper of secrets. And I think because I do my own work, the advice and things that I give people, people feel very good with me. And this is not like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but almost every man that I've dated has cried. Like, you know, one, you know, men and crying, you don't get that a lot. But I'm talking about boohoo in my lap. Like it is something me, narcissist, a little bit of narcissist. Yes, get, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes, this is why we should be together. You feel safe with me. Girl, you got issues. And then when they can't, when they're not, when it's, when the tables turn, it's like, I need you to now humanize me that I'm not going to be in this space of the strong all the time. And I'm finding that if I'm constantly putting myself in that position, right? Mm-hmm. And attracting these type of men, regardless of how they look, again, these type of men, then when I need to be vulnerable and need to lean and thrive on them, I can't. So I love that. Yeah, I'm just telling my truth. Like maybe somebody else got it together. I just that's a realization that I have. I'm learning to lean more into. Um, I think the light bulb went off um I guess like a year or two ago and so now my dating is so like so as I see it I'm like you know what it's been good but uh, (laughs) I'm good yeah I just cut them off so fast and I'm like girl you can't keep doing that so I need to change my approach because I'm attracting them and as soon as I I guess I'm creating this space for them to get like that and as soon as I see it I'm like "Mm, I gotta Mm -hmm. go I'm like so I have to change, you know, so I'm not getting in relationships with them no more, but I'm still, somehow it's still coming up. Mm-hmm. So I, I made progress. I made progress. Amen. Uh, now I'm like, ooh. 
I don't think this is going anywhere. <laughs> let's let's go to brunch. We need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> so, so do you find dating easier for yourself then now that you are aware? Is it is it something that you like, you know what? Like you said, like boom, I, you know, okay, Kira, like is it easier because I had uh, I had uh, Chase and Yancey on my show not too long ago, and we were t- kind of talking about that. Like we think dating is probably a little easier, or at least it should be, because people come to the table, hey, this is what I want, you know, be honest, take it or leave it. But do you think that dating is 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 it easier for you now that you can spot them, or or no, or is it something that you still kind of struggle with? It's it's a little bit of both, right? It's easier because I'm not falling into the traps and I'm able to verbalize like this isn't going to be or, you know, set very clear boundaries of things, which I find men, they say they want that. They not for real. You know, the ones that I have encountered, I'm not making a generalization. The ones that I have encountered because I'm very just like to the point, hey, it's ABC. Are you okay with it? Yeah, yeah. And then as time go on, you're not okay. Remember, we talked about this. And you said that you were good. And now you're saying you're not. So hey, let's go to brunch. We need to talk. So I don't know. A part of me was feeling like, what's wrong with you that you can just disconnect so easily? Like I have no, even when I like them. And in my case, I be loving them. Okay, I be loving them. I have no problems with letting you go if you like, if it's to my detriment or yours. And sometimes I can see where I am being a distraction or no, I see it. You, I know you want to continue with me. I get that. But no, like this is not good. This is not going to end well. And I don't need to wait until next year for that to happen. You know, so I'm okay with that. Yes. And after a while, I was like, hey, are you cold-hearted? But no, I'm healed. Mm. <laughs> no, no, don't want to do that. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's disheartening at the same time and very discouraging because it's like, well, damn, I know good men and I meet a lot of good men. I do. I'm not out here saying, but it's a numbers game. I had to meet 12, <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Before I meet a nice, like, a good man like everybody got their shit but like a good I, like I meet good men attractive men got their stuff together but it's just like we're not compatible like it's just especially if they say anything about a baby uh check I got this one uh, you want to take your food home get them an extra lamb chop because baby I'm out you know I pay for this one you know but <laughs> So then I'm like, hey, so then I got to go through 12 more, get another good one. So it's like, I got to talk to 60 people to even get to four good guys that I may even be able to get there. So after a while, I just, I'd be tired. I'd rather stay at home. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. That's good. Because when I, when I hear you talking, I was hearing that, uh, I was hearing um, you can be a good man, but it's not Kira's man right and I love that because I think sometimes this is for me from the outside looking in I would see women it's like he's a good man but he doesn't he's not my man but just because he's a quote-unquote good man I'm just willing to take him Mm -hmm. but they might not fit you 
And that's when we talked about why women think they can change a man, stupidity. Cause you're like, well, damn, I done dated or been in talks with 30 different guys. This is the second one. I don't know when the next one gonna come. So let me go ahead and try to do it. Then you're trying to fit them into this idea of what it is that you think that you want and or trying to fit them into what it is that you need. And sometimes even with myself, because I've done it before, it's just like, well, damn, how much, like, do I want to continue to live like this? You know, and I'm like, I guess I'm going to take them. And then I have to ask myself, like people say what your non-negotiables are and I've learned to move on to, okay, I have my non-negotiable, but what are my bare minimums? Mm. Like, what's the minimums? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, all the non-negotiables, cool, it's not there, but damn, this ain't even the minimum of what I want. <laughs> like, you good, but uh-uh. Yeah. You know, so I, if you put it in the analogy of like a car, if I know that I want a Mercedes, with leather seats, sunroof, all these other things, like I know, like I've worked hard, I've built my credits, I have my down payment, whatever it is, to have all of these things. I may get another Mercedes that may not have all of those things. You know, I work with it. But you can't bring me a fully loaded Ford and say, well, take the, I don't want the Ford. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not Nothing wrong with the Ford. <laughs> I just don't want it, even though it's, fully loaded with the leather seats and all of that other stuff it's just not what I want but sometimes people try to do that mm-hmm. and you can't take the Ford emblem off and put a Mercedes emblem on it and just make it a Mercedes but that's what we try to do you preaching you know what I mean so stupidity mm. like well you know he got the looks the degree the whatever 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 but sis that ain't what you want <laughs> just go ahead. I ain't got to do the sunroof. Yeah. I take the little aloe wheels. That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Ain't got to be the 2021. I do a 2017. It's still good. You know, but it's what I want. You mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. that's what it is. No, I, I love that because, and then you turn around and then people blast their dating experiences like he was trash he was trash he was trash but you didn't have to settle you didn't have to but just because maybe you didn't want to be alone or whatever you know and then all of a sudden it's like oh men are this or women are and i'm like nah you chose that yeah you chose that thank you (laughs) yeah uh, and now with us talking about this, if women believe that they can change men, like, what do you think will be the most effective way? Not so much of changing, but I think what can you, uh, uh, what will be some tips that you can give to say, you know, I can't change them, but, and I think we might have discussed this earlier. I think we yeah. might have talked about this earlier. Yeah. I think it's more so of really creating a space that encourages him to be his best self mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. you know listen to him and I, what i find with women we listen for response or listen and create doubt where men shut down and they don't open up again so listening and they feel comfortable just constantly open opening up to you i think with that when you start to do that for a man, they're going to, that protector that women always talk about, that's going to rise up even more because now you're my safe space. You're my soft place to land. Yeah, so I yeah. want to go out here because damn, 
like, yeah, she holding me down, you know, um, and I don't think it's anything of doing that, but just be softer. And that's something I have to work on. I have very masculine energy. I'm aware of that, you know, mm-hmm. I get her done. Like, I don't mean, yeah, but I'm learning how to lead with femininity and be softer. And that doesn't necessarily have to come with me cooking and cleaning. It's just a certain type of essence and space that you create where that man wants to be him his best self and the more that he's a better self he's going to be a better partner to you because he's whole he's doing it so you got to encourage that you got to be patient with it women think we're going to talk tuesday and by thursday if he don't have his shit together <laughs> yeah yeah hey shawty it's been three years for you. you ain't got it like calm down oh my god I love that about your feminine energy. I I love that because I I know as a man, I love it. You know, when you can just really be your true authentic self and you can be that safe space, you know, like the Alicia Keys song. She said, just look at me as the pages of your diary. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, that makes me love that much even more that I can trust you and that I know you're not going to put me out there, you know, and you're not going to shut me down. And when you in that active listening, mm-hmm. you know, and you in tune with me and you asking me questions. I remember before when my wife used to ask me questions, I was kind of I thought she was interrogating me and it made me shut down. I was like, well, I'm, I'm sharing personal stuff with you. But damn, you asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> she like, I'm trying to get to know you. <laughs> exactly. Right. It actually matters to me. <laughs> exactly. But that was my own again under underdeveloped you know maturity but I realized over time she just really was genuinely concerned and this that's when I was able to learn more about myself and even giving her the things that she need when it came to us conversing so that way she can be uh fully in the loop as far as what's going on with me good shout out to her for sticking it through okay so it's just it's it's things like that her ability to be patient with you um showing genuine interest i think a lot of women just don't show genuine interest in men it's more so do you can you check these boxes and if we cannot can i change this up put a new shirt on you give you a new car help you with your credit so you can fit the rest of these boxes instead of just really investing in that man and i'm sure about her doing that investment it's nothing that you won't do for her that's how you get the man to change love him like legit unconditionally authentically genuinely with compassion and empathy love him yeah do whatever you want him to do come on now you (laughs) You (laughs) you need to package this and sell it because that's the answer right there and, and here's the funny thing, and I know for me, every guy's different. It doesn't even have to do with anything with sex. It's just with you being your authentic self, being that that space for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes me that much more attracted to you. You know, it shows me your uh, your emotional maturity where mm-hmm. we can. Because I know me, I'm big on on uh, having those conversations, those deep conversations that's gonna help us grow and mature. So that's that that's the turn me on. But I know for some women, it might be a little different. Like, girl, let me just put this thing on them real quick. And then it's like, nah, it's deeper than that. When the man, you know, when you have his heart, because mm-hmm. you know, he's going he gonna to be committed. 
I'm trying to tell you. You were like, hey, calm down. I, you got me. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They, they want to hold on to it because oftentimes, um, especially with Black men, it's probably the first time they've ever even experienced it. You know what I mean? So that's how you change them, just by loving them. And the only way for you to do that is for you to do your own work. Yes. Yes, you know what yes. I mean? So I can only I can only love you and understand you to my own capacity. Mm-hmm. So the deeper I get involved with myself, the more I get to heal from my own wounds, then I can invite you into those spaces and encourage you because it, it's familiar to me and I know the type of protection you need. So that's that's all you can do. All the other stuff, it don't work. It's stupid. Trust me, I tried it. <laughs> I tried it more than one time. Okay, it don't work. You're dropping so many gems, my guy. Do you think that comes with age, or can can you actually kind of can you can you help the younger women with this? No, because you know I got some family members. I ain't gonna say who. Uh, <laughs> that they older than me, and I'm like, you still stupid. Like how? <laughs> Don't tell me nothing. Like, let me tell you. No, don't. I pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes from, I don't know, I, I guess experiences in the, the wanting to do better and break the mold. You know what I mean? So for me, it's about this is how you break generational curses. And a lot of it goes back to me beginning to share. I didn't feel a lot of this stuff until I learned how to start thinking for myself. And I didn't learn how to start thinking for myself. I think I was like 34. Okay. I just always kind of went with, again, going back to growing up as a preacher's kid. Like we've learned to, this is what you're told. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to fit your life into that. And then when I began to think, and I'm like, well, why is blah, 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 blah? And why do you do that? Like, I became genuinely curious about myself. When I say I'm so self-aware, I know me. Sometimes people are like, girl, I felt, and I'm like, nah, that's not me. That's your baggage. Mm. And then sometimes people tell me stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, mm, yeah, that, mm. yeah, I was messy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I own my stuff because I've taken the time, like, every single emotion that I have, I've taken the time to really stop and process like why I'm even feeling like this, even when it's happy, sad, whatever, like just truly, truly dissect it. And that's a journey. So um, it, it, I, I think it comes with experience and wanting to be better. Yeah. The self-awareness is everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a mirror that sometimes I'm not even ready for because I've been noticing things about me lately. I'm like, oof. You know, so whenever I get to a new level, and it usually happens around this time of the year anyway, um, but there's some things that I've put on my list as priority that the universe has allowed me to see about myself that I don't like. Mm. So I'm going to be intentional about it and change it. So much growth and maturity. I love that so much. And in one of your podcasts, you said you don't look at potential, but ambition in a man. And when you said that, I was like, wait a minute, let me pause and write that down. And I was like, this, this will, this will preach. So can you please break that down? Can you just. <sighs> this potential, because you can see people and this is what I say. I think women, people, 
but mainly women begin to romanticize things. You meet a guy and within your first conversation, you know what neighborhood y'all gonna live in, how many kids y'all gonna have, how long you're gonna be together, what your marriage is gonna be. So you're romanticizing the idea that we're missing all this stuff. So you've created this picture and then he may be doing certain things. You say, Hmm. If we continue to work on that, going back trying to change him, we continue to work on that, then this is what he could be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So an example would be I date this guy. I owned his own business, but he was lazy. But how you know when the second like, oh, he's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Sound good, right? Yeah. You know, he go out here, he's hiring future people, he's doing all these things, but he would sleep to like 11, 12 o'clock. And I call him, it's two two o'clock. I'm trying to wrap up to get off of work and you just now getting started. But I'm thinking like, oh, you have multiple business. You're going to get trucks and that's that potential. Ambition, the guy may not necessarily have everything he needs, but you are seeing the practical, tangible, tangible steps every single day. That you know that that resourcefulness, that dedication, um, that unconventional thinking, the ability to network, that can get you, those skills can get you through any and everything. Mm -hmm. Not someone that shows them a little bit of the time, but lack the drive and the grit to get there. So I'm looking at how resourceful are you? Do you give up easily? Are you communicating? Do you uh, believe in the value of network? Are you researching the things you need to? Because with those skills, that's how you make the power team right there because there's things that I can contribute to that. And if we don't know, if you're a lifelong learner, I know we're going to figure it out. Mm. That's the ambition. Mm. Not like, man, Charlotte, it didn't even work out. So I'm, I'm like, you're great. And here I go building a man. No, baby, you can do it. Yeah. When his ass ain't gonna get up until eleven o'clock again. Come on now. First he wanted to be a music producer. Yes. Yeah. First he wanted to be a music producer. Uh, yeah, and then now he wanted to be a basketball player. You like? Oh, thirty-seven. I, I was married to one hundred that wanted a uh uh rap uh then wanted the barbershop uh in a clothing store with a studio on the back. Yeah, I I didn't did it. I didn't did it. And I did it. That's what I'm telling you. Trust me. I did it. Had a bunch of babies with them. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but he was fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I put that emblem on that forward. Mm. It was going to work. It was going to work. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, what you, so what you're saying is most of the time that women already have in their head what they want to do. They just got to... Uh, paste the man inside of the little uh, silhouette. That's it. That's it. Not, not all. Yeah, yeah. Not I, look, look, before I get hate mail, that's what <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm. And I know women that have, not everyone, but yeah, we romanticize what this is going to be, mm-hmm. you know? And the, the person who's helped me most with that is my 16-year-old. That's what's I was up. like, I guess I'm doing some parenting right. <laughs> I guess I am. Because the other day I was like, oh, I need a foot massage. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, oh, I miss so-and-so. She was like, no, you don't. You said you didn't even like that man. You just like the fact that he can massage your feet. I was like, oh. <laughs> Out of the mouth of well, she got she got me told she got me told <laughs> but that's what we do 
Because it, it, it's something you can do. I, saw, I guess I did with you. That's what happened. Oh my God, Kira, this has been an amazing. So many, you just dropped so many wisdom bombs, stuff that man, we should just package this and sell it because it's, it's it's just that freaking good. It seemed like you just answered everything. I'm like, here's all the answers to the relationship issues right here. Mm-hmm. You know, we knock this out in an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, people thrive in toxic. They like it for some reason. So. For some reason, Lord knows. Well, Kira, <laughs> can you give everyone your uh, contact information? Not not like your social security number or anything, but <laughs> your contact information and how they can get in touch with you, listen to the podcast, uh, how they can be stepdaddy, all the other good stuff. Oh, yes. Just the last four. Okay, then. No. <laughs> no, the easiest way to get in contact with, with everything is to go onto my website, www.momsandmartinis.net, and it links you to all my social social site so twitter facebook um instagram is where i'm at um i'm available on all listening platforms um so amazon spotify apple you name it i'm on there so tell alexa to play moms and martinis and you'll find me uh and as sean mentioned and as i mentioned earlier your girl is taking application for hashtag operation step day <laughs> you know so you don't have to be in the Atlanta area. You know, I got a passport and miles. We'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> so slide in my DM. <laughs> I, I slid in my wife DM and we were living in two different states. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. So, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> So y'all brothers go ahead. Quality men only. As you can see that Kira has done the work. Only quality men. So don't don't be sending her crazy stuff because <laughs> i am the president of the block ministry <laughs> amen 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 well that has summed up this sermon <laughs> brave hearts community please show kira some love go and uh leave a rating and review on her podcast connect with her also make sure that you stop by uh, if you're watching this on youtube don't forget to hit the subscribe button and if you're listening to this via podcast you can leave me a rating and review as well keep it 100 whatever you want to give i want your feedback uh and don't forget to share this video with a friend share this with a girlfriend shoot share this with your cousin share this with your, your grandma grandma probably still got issues <laughs> grandma like 36 and she's still dating and stuff so <laughs> but anyway brave arts community thanks again Kira, thank you so much for giving us your time and uh, your wisdom. So I appreciate all that you do. Continue to be a force out here helping folks. This is Sean Heineman here at It's Scary to Be Mary, wanting you to love fearlessly. Take care, people.